Hello and welcome to the podcast series realized by City Diplomacy graduate students at Sciences Po, the Paris School of International Affairs. In this podcast, we present city networks from across the globe to better understand their work and impact on international relations. My name is Tarek Elias and I'm here with my partner, Remy Golla. And today we're going to present to you Open and Agile Smart Cities Network, OASC. As such, we wish to delve into the network's origin and work in connecting cities across several continents and lay out some of the strengths, weaknesses, as well as avenues for opportunities and potential threats. Lastly, we wish to examine the network's COVID-19 response and discuss the role we envision OASC to play in this process moving forward. But first, we will begin by discussing the origin and core features of this interesting network. Remy, what can you tell us about the establishment of OASC? Thanks, Tarek. OASC is actually a fairly young organization. It was established in March of 2015 with an initial 31 cities. It started off as a grassroots initiative to gather local government officials, researchers, and policymakers together to create a global community where entities can share solutions to similar challenges while respecting their various differences. To do this, the organization sought for standardization among these cities. Specifically, their approach to this goal is through digital and data-driven solutions based on what they describe as minimal interoperability mechanisms, or MIMS for short. And so right now, there are currently three in place with two currently being proposed. And these are context information management, common data models, marketplace enab enablers, personal data management, and fair artificial intelligence as the proposals. These MIMS are essentially universal software that create a common technical framework that helps facilitate communication between diverse digital systems. When these recommendations are implemented, cities can then adopt and scale up other cities' current practices to their own systems. This principle of standardization and searching for common solutions to common problems is seen in the projects OASC partners in. For example, D-Rule is a 15 million euros large-scale pilot that focuses on working with rural communities and citizens to create platform-based solutions. This project will address challenges in Croatia, Netherlands, Sweden, and Spain. After this initial phase, more pilot regions, selected by an open call, will apply and test the solutions of the D-Rule project. Today, OASC is made up of 155 cities, diverse in size, importance, and region including metropolises like Tokyo and Istanbul, medium-sized cities like Lisbon, Geneva, and Sejong, as well as smaller cities scattered across Europe, Latin America, and Asia. Thank you, Remy, for this concise summary of OASC's origin and core features. Connecting to what Remy said, I'm going to shortly discuss the output, financial sustainability, as well as the governance structure of OASC. In terms of concrete output, OASC has been very active in the publication of webinars and virtual forums with community leaders, experts and policymakers, including the City X City Festival, where other cities can present innovative and scalable solutions. This very much connects to the OASC catalog, which also serves to highlight solutions and best practices from cities around the world, which are not necessarily part of the OASC framework. Thirdly, OASC has published the City X City Academy which is somewhat of a course and platform with digital courses, um, which covers issues such as foundations for the digital transformation of cities and communities, as well as open data and data governance, 
as well as city citizen co-creation and experimentation. It seems like OASC is actually producing a lot of content. Can you talk more about how they're financing all of these projects and these outputs? Thanks, Remy. That's a great question, actually. In terms of finances, OASC's funding sources are one, on one hand membership fees. So founding members of OASC had to contribute 50,000 euros at the establishment of the network. In addition to that, these founding members have to pay 10,000 euros every six month period. However, OASC also receives funds from its core members, which joined the network on a, at a later stage. This annual contribution is around 20,000 20, euros. To be a member, cities need to submit applications and sign a letter of intent supporting OASC's activities and objectives, while promising to actively participate in Council of Cities meetings and share solutions and best practices across other cities. Moreover, OASC receives grants, royalties from sponsorships and other contributions from private parties to assist in the organization's objectives. Besides these sources, it deserves mentioning that OASC is also a partner of the European Union. As such, it has received funding for several projects and is also a key member of several consortia who are implementing projects on a wider scale in cooperation with the European Union as well as the EU Commission. These projects include the project Cybersecurity for Europe, as well as the project supported by the EU Commission called 100 Intelligent Cities Challenge. Okay, you've spoken about the financial sustainability, how the organizations finance, so what about their governance structure? Can you please speak more about how the organization governs its operations? In terms of governance, OASC is a very horizontal network. Firstly, you have the Board of Directors, which is tasked with deciding on the strategic direction of the network and advises the OASC management team, which is formed by representatives of core and member cities. Secondly, you have the Council of Cities, which represents member cities and approves strategic decisions as well as the OASC Minimal Interoperability Mechanisms, the MIMS that you have outlined earlier. Together, the Board of Directors and Council of Cities form the General Assembly. Besides these two bodies, there exists something called the Technology Council, which, together with OASC's working groups, is the external advisory group of experts representing city, research and industry to advance the technical development of the MIMS. Nevertheless, it deserves mentioning that there is an apparent lack of diversity in the network's leadership, especially in the Board of Directors and Technology Council in ethnic and gender terms. However, this could change in the upcoming elections due to the network's democratic structure and horizontal governance. As we've seen so far, OASC is a young and active network that seeks to promote digital and innovative solutions to enhance administrative structures and economic com competitiveness of cities. Being a young network though, it's important to discuss their strengths, weaknesses, and the opportunities and threats that they face as a network. So Remy, what in your view are the particular strengths of OESC? In which sectors is it particularly active? And what do you think are the most positive things to highlight about the network? The first point I'd like to mention is that OASC has organized their structure to be relatively flat. There's still a sense of hierarchy, but OASC has multiple working groups and councils and assemblies within their hierarchy. 
This structure and emphasis on groups promotes collaboration, which matches the technological sector they operate in, which strives off innovation. Also, the organization is very proactive in their mission. They have a clearly defined vision and focus with numerous on ongoing projects. Currently, they have a project funded by the EU called Digital Urban Twins, where a city can view a digital replica of itself with data collected from smart technologies such as cloud software to create a model to help aid in public decision making. In addition to their structure, their approach to city problems is very versatile. Due to the MIMS and dedication to a common set of standards and references, the projects or proposed solutions aim to be implementable in large economic hubs to the smaller cities and on a wide array of issues, whether it be healthcare, technology, or public administration. Furthermore, the organization's emphasis on creating a common technical framework allow replicable solutions that can act as a model to increase cooperation and competitive competitiveness and also promote the dissemination of software and resources to cities with a lower GDP. Another great strength is that the organization promotes transparency and also has a vast amount of information on their work. They have an interactive community board to follow the organization's work and an OASC wiki that describes the MIMS in detail. They also have a strong social media presence with accounts on LinkedIn and Twitter and also a YouTube channel where they post recordings of their conferences. Lastly, they have support from a wide array of partners, which speaks to their networking and coalition building. Partners include Fiware, the World Economic Forum, and other city networks such as EuroCities. While OASC has several identifiable strengths, it also has some weaknesses which deserve mentioning. Firstly, OASC has been unable and struggling to translate technical information to comprehensible language for non-specialists. This pertains to the MIMS on one hand and to the implementation on the other. So the implementation of these interoperability mechanisms also requires technological know-how on the local level to be effectively and sustainably implemented. While OASC has launched the OASC Academy, which is designed to address this issue, it still remains in its early stages. Moreover, we wish to highlight that OASC is notice noticeably absent from Africa, North America and most of Asia. It is only represented in four cities in Asia, including Busan and Tokyo. This is very critical in consideration that these regions are and are becoming major hubs of innovation and digital technologies. As such, OASC may lose out on scalable solutions and innovations employed in other parts of the world while some of the developing countries in Africa are shut out from benefiting from this initiative. Another issue which can be identified as a weakness is the lack of evidence suggesting that digital solutions and innovations are implemented in other domains than economy, administration and government. As such, OASC could leverage its innovation and its digital technology to improve not just administration and economy, but also smart living, smart education, and other issues that fall more into the socio-economic and socio-cultural aspect of people's lives. In addition to these issues, the lack of representation and diversity, which I discussed earlier on the board of directors, but also on the technology council, can very much be regarded as a weakness. It makes the network appear very Eurocentric and this stands in contrast to the global nature of the network. Lastly, 
A key weakness that we will discuss at a later stage of this podcast as well is the lack of ability and little activity in the realm of COVID-19. So far, OASC has shown a lack of ability to leverage its resources and expertise to promote data-driven solution and approaches to effectively fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. Again, we will discuss this at a later stage of this podcast and provide some ideas for the OASC network going forward. I think you really touched on some good points, but some of these weaknesses can definitely be seen as opportunities. Since there is a lack of cities in Asia, Africa, and North America, there is an opportunity to expand their network. Expanding their network to these regions could hold benefits such as new city practices, dissemination of information, and the spread of the organization's mission. Furthermore, regarding COVID-19, it's been almost a year since the pandemic started, and with the vaccine rolling out from city to city, we are advancing closer to a uh, post-COVID-19 era. This is an opportunity for the organization to promote digital solutions in the recovery period, such as accurate data management and public service provision. It is an opportunity to really exhibit the strength of a city network in addition to individual local governments. My last point is that as seen in the organization's consideration of personal data management and AI as their new MIMS, the continued rapid development and spread of digitalization in our society is an opportunity for OASC. For example, Digitalization of democratic governance is a growing topic of interest and the organization can take advantage of this opportunity to really showcase how MIMS and digital technologies can promote and improve a city's administration and governance. While Remy has rightly pointed out some opportunities which are very much connected to the weaknesses of the OASC city network, it similarly faces several threats from its external environment. Firstly, OASC member cities' reliance on digital technologies and innovations can make them very much dependent or reliant on technology to manage services, administration and security issues, which in turn makes them vulnerable to cyber threats. As we have seen in today's environment, this can cause significant problems in the short as well as the long term. Additionally, OASC's member cities are very much dependent on the internet and the affordability of technology and ICT services. The dependency on the internet is significant considering that earthquakes, floods or similar natural disasters may damage connection and disable warning systems which were set up in the first place to warn people from these kind of issues. The affordability of technology in the ICT service is especially pertinent in low-income environments where there might not be the infrastructure in place nor are the socio-economic conditions there to really expand the technological infrastructure of the city. Another threat the OASC city network might face is the competition from tech companies and other smart city networks. This means that cities may decide not to join the OASC city network, but rather work unilaterally with tech companies to find solutions to their specific local issues or they may decide to join other smart city networks that they deem to be more effective in their mission of digital solutions and scalable replication. Apart from the reliance on technology and competition from tech companies and other smart city networks, the regulatory environment also plays a significant role and could present a threat to OASC. 
This concerns data management, privacy and cyberspace in general, which have become contentious political issues. This very much connects to the issue of institutional and local opposition to digitalization. There are conflicting political agendas between national and local governments, but also between cities who strive to gain a competitive edge over another. As Remy and I have just shown, OASC has several strengths, including its proactiveness and the flexibility of its digital technologies. On the other hand, it also has several weaknesses, as, such as struggling to translate technical information and its absence from some continents in this world. However, we have also shown that the weaknesses of OASC are very much connected to its opportunities, meaning that these weaknesses can, if done right, be seen as opportunities for scale-up and improvement. Nevertheless, OESC also faces threats from the external environment, which should not be underestimated in the future. Moving forward, we will now talk about the network's COVID-19 response. OASC has made a very strong effort to promote collaboration when the COVID-19 virus broke out. On April of 2020, quickly after nations started closing their borders, they sent out a call for digital solutions to its membership to share possible solutions aimed at managing the crisis. Essentially, these proposals would then be published in their catalog with the relevant information such as product information for cities to view and hopefully apply in their own jurisdictions. At the time of our initial research, we did not find any COVID-related solutions on their platform, but they did provide two examples in their initial call for solutions. Turek, do you think you can speak more about these examples? Yes, of course. I will highlight two specific examples, one in the Venetian region and the other one in Brussels. So firstly, the Venetian region has hindered the spread of COVID-19 by employing a data sharing approach. The region uses specifically DE for bias, which is a platform that monitors the spread of the virus and maps infected individuals by collecting open data from different sources. The benefits from this approach have been that the population is informed about the status of infected persons. Secondly, this platform identifies the infected individuals and those likely to have been in contact with them and thus affected and infected after coming into contact with the virus. Thirdly, the application or the platform identifies clusters at risk, which is very much helpful in containing the spread of the virus. The second example pertains to the region of Brussels. There, a digital platform has been launched that manages and matches urgent aid and neighborly help requests with organizations and citizens who can and have the ability to respond to them. A direct access page with online listing has been published for the main public services which are easily accessible from home and thus have alleviated some of the struggles people have had in accessing public services. Despite the call for digital solutions on its website, as well as the implementation of solutions in the Venetian region and in Brussels, while conducting research, we did not find much information on OASC's response to COVID-19. Uh, due to this lack of information, assessing the overall strategy and its effectiveness is quite difficult. Nevertheless, we have to mention that there is a lack of solutions on its websites and other mediums of publications. 
Moreover, the webinars on YouTube are sparingly addressing the issue of COVID-19 despite its extreme relevance today. Exactly. So, Tarek, why do you think this is the case? I think the answer to this question is very difficult to pinpoint. On one hand, I believe that digital solutions have been more developed on the national rather than the local level, which to some extent explains OASC's rather weak COVID-19 response. So, for example, in Germany, COVID-19 applications and digital solutions have been launched by the national government instead of local administrations such as city governments. In addition to the development of COVID-19 solutions as a national priority, COVID-19 has caught various cities in a dilemma where they need to prioritize responding to the domestic situation before reaching out to others and developing scalable solutions that are also implementable in low-income environments. However, I think a more pertinent question is, why is this lack of a coherent COVID-19 response so problematic? Yeah, that's a really good question. And for me, this comes down to really, well, this illustrates the issue of collaborating during a crisis. There's no doubt that there are digital solutions out there or collaboration and innovation can happen to create these solutions, but it's about sharing the information and getting those solutions across to areas that need them the most. And so the city network's effectiveness is really determined by the willingness and ability of cities to communicate with each other. And so in the future, for the organization to really be effective, it needs to enhance its coordination and really promote um, collaboration and uh, communication between these networks or between these cities to really scale up their effectiveness in severe situations and crises. So in light of this, what do you believe are the ways forward for OASC? Can it play a more significant role in the COVID-19 recovery process? No, that's a really good question. As, and as we start to see the end to the pandemic, local municipalities will have an increase in responsibilities such as monitoring vaccination rollouts, restarting their local economy and managing data. So what we need to really keep in mind is that with the increase in these responsibilities comes the need for efficiency, accuracy, transparency, and collaboration. This is where the organization can really be integrated in the post-COVID-19 era. What do you think about um, the organization's role following the vaccinations of the global population? I think you made a great point that it can definitely play a large role in this COVID-19 recovery due to, its, due to the importance of digital innovations, but also I believe that it can go beyond that and actually become a staple in local government's actions, uh, including in their administration, as they're doing right now, to help improve the lives and working situation of many of their citizens. This is also in light of the circumstances that virtual work is becoming much more pertinent and is going to be a reality after COVID-19. This means that OASC can help employers, but also local workers to adapt to this new reality of work via Zoom and other digital platforms, which also very much connects to the idea of digital democracy and uh, digital solutions that go beyond, um, beyond the local level. So our key takeaways are that OASC is a global city network with a clearly identifiable focus on digital solutions which are highly relevant in the technological age of today, 
It is also an organization that promotes communication between cities on the digital trends of the future, ensuring local systems are up to date in, techno in technologies that promote overall public service. Ultimately, this network is on the cusp of innovation and on the forefront on the solutions of the future. They have the tools and the network to effectively help cities promote change on an international level. Thank you for listening in, and we will see you next week.